0: couple was sitting by the fireside one evening, and the gentleman looked over at his wife of 50-plus years, and he was filled with love and affection, and he looked at her, and he said, after all these years, I have found you tried and true. And she said, huh? And he said, not to be deterred, after all these years, I have found you Tried and true. And she said, after all these years, I'm tired of you too. <laughs> I hope you can't relate to that. Uh, sometimes we have trouble hearing. <laughs> Some of us may be more than others. Uh, if, if it's hard to, to, to hear someone in the same room like that, then uh, it certainly can seem like a challenge to, uh, to hear the voice of God. Today we're starting a series based on a, a book, I told you last week, a book that I read this winter by Pastor Mark Batterson called Whisper, uh, How to Hear the Voice of God. If you want to get that book, I think it's $11.99 on Kindle. Um, I could download it for you right now if you, uh, no, it's... Uh, but uh, so I, I would encourage you to do that uh, some of what we uh, that 's kind of the the, the basis uh, i 'm not like preaching through the book or anything like that but that 's some of the thoughts uh, that have informed this uh, this series uh, and i 'm thinking if if I asked if we went around the room I, uh, you probably would agree that 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 listening uh, to what God says is pretty important if I said, do you think it 's important to listen to god you 'd say Yes, pastor, it is. And uh, even if it wasn't the pastor asking you, and somebody just said, do you think it's important? Most of you would probably say, yes, I think it is. I, I bet you would agree that-, that if you heard the voice of God, you would do your best to do what he said. The, the problem many times is that we, see- we tend to struggle in hearing the voice of God. The pro- as-, as that video uh, hinted at, the-, the problem isn't that God is not speaking. If if we're honest, it's usually that we're not listening. Uh, either we we're try, not trying to listen. Some people just aren't trying. They they're just walking through life and they don't really care about the voice of God, or they're not really zoned in on that, or they've got too many other uh, things to uh, to do, and so they they're not really uh, trying to listen. Or uh, maybe we just don't know how to listen. Uh that's that's why I, I I love this book because uh it, it plainly describes and I'm not sure there's anything brand new there, but it was just a, a great way that it lined out uh practically how we can truly listen for the voice of God. Uh he lays out uh in the book seven different ways that God speaks. And I'm there's a host of, of more ways, but there the maybe the the, the the seven more more common ways, I guess. And I'm not. I'm not saying that God doesn't speak audibly. Uh, absolutely, He can uh, and He does. But as uh, as Batterson puts it, that is just a, a thin slice of God's vocal range speaking audibly. Uh, some people may say that they've never heard the voice of God, uh, but, uh, but 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 uh, truly, if we live on this planet, we have experienced uh, God's word, God's voice. Uh, it, the the whole thing was started with a word. God spoke creation into existence, and God has been speaking ever since. Uh, it, it, it all started with a whisper. Uh, God spoke everything into existence. What we see today, He once said. Uh, God isn't limited to speaking audibly uh, like I am right now. So in this series, we'll be looking into several different ways that, that God speaks. Uh, and, and so those, those seven things lined out in that book are Scripture... Uh, desires, doors, and dreams, promptings, people, and pain. Uh, seven different ways that God uh, can communicate with us. And again, I, I'm sure that there are other ways that, that God speaks to us too. But those those are some of the things that that, that maybe maybe we're not really thinking about all of those, or we're not really seeking after God's heart in those things. So over the next three Sundays, we'll uh, we'll unpack those things, and and hopefully on the other side, you'll have a foundation to begin to uh, hear God speak. It's not just oh, I feel like I'm going to do this, and so I'm going to put the name God attached to that. Right uh, there, there are some some. Some, some ways that we can truly uh, tune into, uh, try to listen to uh, the voice of God. And if we learn how to listen, it can really change our lives. Jesus used a phrase in, in Scripture uh, quite a few times, actually. Uh, it's found uh, first in, in Matthew eleven fifteen. He says, whoever has ears, let them hear. He said it six times in the Gospels and eight times in the book of Revelation. Uh, it, it was his way of saying something like, you'd better listen up or uh, or, "or listen close or, or pay attention here or I'm speaking, you need to listen to this. But Jesus didn't just mean for people to physically hear what he was saying. He wanted his disciples to listen not just with their ears but with their hearts. Uh, with their spirits, to to, to hear, to understand, not just to hear the words, but to understand the principles and to act on what he was saying. And and I think we would do well to continue to listen uh, with our hearts to God. There's so much that distracts us. Uh, and yet, if, if we're not listening to God and listening to His truth, uh, how in the world could we possibly think that we can make it through this life the way God wants us to do it? Uh, uh, without God as our guide, we're just wandering around in the dark. So so, uh, so God is speaking. We need to be listening. Uh, I, I guess up front we need to say, well, what is God saying? Uh, what kinds of things are we listening for? What, what is God saying that's so all-fired important that we should listen to? Well, one thing that, they, that God is, is saying is issues of, uh, of morality, right, right and wrong, uh, uh, sin and holiness, uh, judgment, uh, things that are that are have eternal significance. God is is uh, la- laying out those principles for us. Uh, it's it's not just about uh, what God wants us to do, but who He wants us to be. God is speaking those things, and He's He's developed, He wants to develop our character, and He wants to talk about what's right and what's wrong, and what's good and what's bad, and, and, and and what has eternal significance so there's the issue of morality and God is speaking uh, in, in tied with that is the issue of truth what is right uh, how life works best uh, God is speaking about the things that are that are right not not necessarily uh, uh, the, the morality but just truth uh, the, this is how things work this is how things work best and, and God is speaking those things to us uh, it, also and and I guess what what Really comes to mind, uh, first and foremost, a lot of times when we say, well, how to hear the voice of God, we're really trying to listen for His direction, right? And we're trying to say, okay, turn right here, go left there, uh, uh, head over here, make this decision, uh, all those kinds of, the, the, the right decision at the right, and certainly God, uh, sp- communicates those things to us. And so that's something that we're, we're listening for as well. Uh, what else are we listening for? Well, uh, believe it or not, uh, we are also listening for God singing. Uh, God sings. Did you know that God sings? God sings. Uh, Psalm 32, 7, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. It's pretty cool uh, that God's voice might surround us with songs. Zephaniah three, seventeen: the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. Isn't that awesome? He will take great delight in you and his love he will no longer rebuke you but will rejoice over you with singing. God sings us. We can listen for his favor even through his song. I guess maybe to sum it up, maybe the most important thing, uh, what are we listening for? I'm sure there's a a bunch of other things, but but, uh, if we were to boil it all down, we're listening for the, the, the word of God's love. God is communicating. Love is God's native tongue. Even if that's even if that's uh, uh, his conviction, he's doing that because he loves us. If it's his encouragement, he's doing that because he loves us. He's giving us direction: go here, don't go there, because he loves it. All, overall, we are listening for the love of God. God speaks His love to us, even in difficult things, even in in convicting things, even uh, whatever He is convicting. He is he's communicating His love. To us. So God is speaking, we should be, we need to be, we're not always listening. What he's saying has significance uh, for our lives now and for eternity. Uh, one phrase that that, that uh, Batterson wrote in his book that, that jumped out at me uh, uh, was, I need to hear what God has to say more than God needs to hear what I have to say. We, we kind of pray the opposite way, don't we? Uh, and I'm not saying that God doesn't care what we have to say. He loves us and he wants to hear what we have to say. But usually we stop there, right? <laughs> but we need to hear what he has to say. Doesn't it make sense that, that it, would, it, would, it would make so much more significance in our lives if we would hear what he has to say and not just spout off what we have to say and then go off and do what we want to do? Uh, uh, God wants to hear us. He, he, he loves us. He wants us to pour out our hearts to him. But, but you need to hear his voice. More than he needs to hear yours, and yet we talk and talk and talk and talk and 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 get mad and and uh, complain and ask, and then we don't listen. I was. Um, I was recently made aware at our, our group the other, the other week, um, we, were, we were talking a little bit about this series coming up, and, and um, uh, someone shared, and so I looked it up, that, that there was some controversial stuff around this whole idea of, of hearing the voice of God um, on, on that great and wonderful theological talk show, The View. Um oh. I couldn't even watch the three-minute clip. I had to kind of fast-forward through. But uh, I guess, and this was a while back, maybe, I guess, I don't know, but they were referring to uh, uh, Vice President Pence saying that he wanted to uh, hear what God wanted him to say and then do that. And uh, uh, one of the ladies on The View thought that it was just ludicrous that anyone would think that they could hear God talking to them. They even uh, mentioned that that might be a sign that that he was mentally ill and uh, needed some help. And... uh, you know it's it's just completely Foreign to me, that, because this is foundational. I mean, why wouldn't we expect to be hearing from God? He just left us to defend uh, to for ourselves. Heavens, no! It's, it's foundational to who we are and what we believe uh, about how this life with God works. Is that God is speaking? The, uh, prayer is not just uh, spouting off what we want to to God, but not expecting an answer. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm mentally ill, but uh, but I believe with all of my heart that God is speaking, and He wants us to hear him, and if you can't hear him, you're not listening. Maybe you're not trying to listen, or maybe we just don't quite know how to listen. Dallas Willard says it this way, today I continue to believe that people are meant to live in an ongoing conversation with God, speaking and being spoken to. Given who we are by basic nature, we live, really live, only through God's regular speaking in our souls, and thus quote, by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus said that's how he lived, right? Uh, the devil was tempting him in the desert and, and tempting him with bread after he hadn't eaten anything for a month and a half. And, and, uh, and, and Jesus uh, said uh, that, that, that uh, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What God has to say can change our lives. He is speaking. And a lot of times, I'd say most of the time, he's not yelling he whispers. It's kind of quiet in here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I don't know. That guy's moved on to a different network, right? We can't really do that, but uh, we, we see that voice of God as a whisper in the story of Elijah. Uh, in the uh, in the Old Testament, uh, maybe uh, maybe you know who Elijah is. Just uh, kind of br- uh, paint with a broad stroke, catch you up, uh, help you uh, help you know what the story of Elijah was a was a prophet. Uh, uh, all the prophets uh, of the idol Baal had a contest with Elijah, um, and uh, they wanted to, God to respond. And uh, so Elijah says, "Hey, let's go up on the mountain, and, and you call to your God, and I'll call to mine, and whoever brings fire down first, uh, that's the real God." And all the people gathered around and said, "Which God?" Is the real God, and and uh, and they gathered, and and the prophets of Baal, four hundred and fifty of them, they all gathered around and called to their God all day long, and nothing. And finally, Abra- Abraham, uh, Elijah, uh, calls out to, to his God, and and uh, within just a sentence or two, prayer, and and fire comes down from heaven and consumes everything, and and uh, the whole crowd standing around says, "The Lord, He is God." The Lord, He is God. And it's just uh, literally a mountaintop experience with God. Elijah uh, finally has the people behind him, and and the prophets of Baal. Uh, uh, take off, and they catch him, and they kill him, and, and uh, it's just this big deal. And then, then uh, after that, so it hadn't rained forever, and so uh, Elijah uh, is expecting God to come through, and sure enough, he does, and, and a little cloud becomes a, a, a huge thunderstorm, and, and it rains, and it pours, and everything's great for Elijah, until the evil queen Jezebel finds out about everything he's been doing, and Jezebel, uh, all she has to do is say, Elijah... I'm coming to get you, and Elijah took off, (laughs) and he went running, and that mountaintop experience became the deep valley for him, and literally 40 days, a month and a half later, he's found in a cave on Mount Sinai, uh, so far away from where he had been, and um, we pick it up there, where God starts to speak to Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning in verse 11, the Lord said... Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Or maybe your translation says a still, small voice. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and and stood at the mouth of the cave, and then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah answered, and they had this conversation, and Elijah got back on the horse and continued his journey. He called Elisha, who, and they partnered together for the rest of their time, and Elijah uh, did great things from that day forward for God until he was taken up to heaven. A- an amazing story of how the voice of God can have eternal significance. And it started with a whisper. Again, Batterson, he says, We tend to dismiss as insignificant the natural phenomena that preceded the whisper because God wasn't in them, but I bet they got Elijah's attention. God has an outside voice and he's not afraid to use it, he says. But when God wants to be heard, when what he has to say is too important to miss, he often speaks in a whisper. Have you ever tried to get people's attention in a loud room? Uh, You know, everybody's kind of talking whatever, and uh, usually it doesn't work to yell really loud over top of the people that are really loud, right? And uh, if you don't all shut up, I'm going to start screaming, right? And and usually people just continue, and what in the world's going on? Uh, So usually, unless you can do that little two-finger whistle thing, that usually works, but uh, a lot of times... Just talking softly. I remember a teacher uh, once, uh, you know, the class was kind of doing whatever, and she just started talking very uh, calmly and, and, uh, and, and almost a whisper at the front of the class and saying, if you can hear this, I don't know what you... But basically, you need to sit down, you need to do this, and if you do that, then you'll get this bonus or this prize or whatever. And sure enough, people in the front started hearing that, and pretty soon it rippled through, and all of a sudden everybody... Because the still, small voice or the, the, the calm voice, that's what kind of brought everybody in. God has an outside voice, and he's not afraid to use it, but usually he whispers. Why would God choose to whisper? Uh, is is there a benefit in that? Is it just that he's trying to be sly and sneaky, and he doesn't really want us to hear? I I, I think it's the opposite. I, I mean, what do you do when someone is whispering? You lean in, right? You. Uh, You get quiet. If you really want to hear, you you, you get quiet and, and you get rid of the other noises or you lean in so that those noises are kind of background and you get as close as you can to the one who's speaking. When someone's yelling, what do you usually do? Back away, cover your ears, whoa, that's loud. When someone's whispering, we lean in. And I think that is one of the main reasons why God whispers. He he wants us to get quiet, to to turn down the other noises in our lives, to get rid of the distractions, and to lean in. He wants us to get close to Him. And, And that's kind of a central truth of this entire series, that the goal of hearing God's voice isn't just getting information from Him, but to get as close as we can to Him we'll get information that 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 will happen we'll receive direction we'll get questions answered we'll we'll uh, figure out what we need to do and who we need to be and and all those sorts of things but the 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 ultimate goal is intimacy with god uh, the the prophet and judge samuel in the uh, in the old testament uh, learned that, and I think we can learn a little bit uh, from his story. Uh, maybe you remember uh, several weeks ago I, I talked to you about Samuel. Um, he was he was faithful in his life, and he did that circuit. I don't know if you remember that, but he was faithful, and he just continued to to be faithful and and trust God, and and God used him year after year. Uh, and, and the but the beginning of the story is is significant because it shows how Samuel got used to hearing God's voice in the first place. You you might recall that that, that Samuel's parents dedicated him to God at a very early age. I mean, they literally dropped him off at the the temple and said, he's yours, Uh, raise him up and and make him godly and stuff. Thanks, we'll uh, we'll see you. And uh, and so that's what uh, this uh, aging priest, Eli, did. Um, And and so we see that story uh, play out uh, after after they dropped him off. Uh, This is what happened next, 1 Samuel chapter 3. Uh, verses 1 through 10, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. And my my son, Eli said, I did not call. I'm not sure if you're catching the the edge that's beginning to grow in Eli's voice there, but my son, (laughs) I did not call you. It's the middle of the night. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not... Yet been revealed to him a third time the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said here I am you called me and then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy and so Eli told Samuel go and lie down and if he calls you say speak Lord for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time Samuel Samuel and then Samuel said speak for your servant Is listening. I think it's significant in verse one. It says, "In those days, the word of the Lord was rare." Yikes! Right? I wonder why. Why was God especially silent during those that time? Well, I think primarily it's because nobody was listening. God wasn't speaking because nobody was listening. Uh, right before this, in, in in the book of Judges, uh, all about the judges, Sam, Samuel was not only a, a prophet but also a judge, and uh, and, and so uh, this is all kind of at the tail end of that whole uh, era of judges in the in the uh, life of uh, of the Israelites, and and it says more than once in the book of Judges that that everyone did as they saw fit. They weren't listening to God. I I learned it in in this uh, wording. It says, everyone did that which was right in his own eyes. I feel like going here and doing this today. I feel like you know being mean to you today. I feel like going over here. I'm going to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it, and I don't care who it hurts. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. They did as they saw fit. They were not interested in hearing the voice of God. They were just doing what they wanted to do, and it seems that that had even extended to the household of the of the priest. It appears that it had been a while since Eli had heard from the Lord. He was he was not tuned into what was going on here for quite a while, uh, and 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 he's the priest. Uh, Eli's sons, if you read through First Samuel, you see his sons were sinful and selfish, and Eli hadn't done anything to stop that. And, uh, and And though Samuel had had been in service of of Eli in the temple, it says that that that, that he that Samuel didn't know God yet. Um, you 'd think that might have been first day of training right well do you okay you 're going to serve here in the temple well um, there 's this guy and he 's called god, and that 's who we 're serving, and you need to like be close to him and stuff you 'd think that would have been part of day one training but but uh, but th- that didn 't happen uh, if, if samuel hadn 't yet learned how to discern the voice of God, and so when he heard someone calling to him It didn't register with him that it might be God. And so after three times bugging the priest, Eli finally realizes what's happening, and he gives Samuel some of the best advice in Scripture. He taught Samuel a seven-word prayer that changed his life and I think can change ours. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your... There's a lot there in those seven words. Uh, we look at at the beginning there. It says, "Speak, Lord," and that reveals a desire to hear from God. Right there is a there is a desire to hear. We're asking Him to speak. We want Him to speak. We have that deep desire to hear what He has. You will not uh, probably you will not hear from God if you don't want to. <laughs> Now, he might use his outside voice from time to time and smack you over the head or, or, or do this or that, but he probably won't come out of the, out of the blue and do that. Instead, if, 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 we, if we are listening to, if we're asking for him to speak, that is when he speaks. Speaker, there's that desire. In, in that prayer, we see that there is a deep desire to hear from God. It says your servant is listening. And I and I think that's also key. Not only is there a desire to hear, but okay, speak Lord, now I'm going to be quiet and listen. It, it's a posture of, of humility, a, a posture of openness, that I'm ready to listen to what God is saying. Now really listening is hard. Some of you are finding that to be true right now. Right? Really listening. Because you're, you know, off here and you're doing, you're, you know, and, and what, but really listening is, is hard. You've probably been in a, in a conversation and it looks like you're listening, but your mind starts to wander and, and maybe you continue with the, uh huh, uh huh uh-huh uh-huh but uh but you're not really maybe the game is on or or uh something uh pops up on the phone or there's a squirrel outside right and you're a squirrel and uh you're you just you know and and you're trying to listen but you just or you get distracted maybe you're thinking of thinking of something so awesome and cool that you're going to say next that you're not really hearing what uh what he's saying or what she's saying and because you're ready to just spout your truth and so you're not really really listening is hard but I, I think that God's instruction in Psalm 46.10 is, is key here. Be still and know that I am God. Really listening means that we're going to be still. We're going to get quiet. We're going to get rid of the distractions. We're going to uh, quiet the other voices in our lives, the other noises, the other distractions. We're going to, we're going to lean in and get quiet. I remember... Um, And it's probably still like this. I haven't been to St. Louis in a long time, but, uh, when, uh, we, uh, when, when I was in St. Louis many years ago, they have a, an old train station, the old Union station there that, that they made into a mall. Might still be, maybe you guys know, you can tell me later. Uh, but, uh, they, it was, but they still got all the old architecture and the big, uh, cathedral ceilings and the arches and all the stonework and all the whatever, but then they've got, you know, uh, Claire's boutique in the corner. So, you know, it's a little bit of, Weird, whatever. But uh, uh, but anyway, there's still the, the the big entrance deal, and and you go in there, and 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 it's uh, I don't know, three stories tall or, or something there, and uh, and it's just cool. Maybe you've been in a place like this or not, but but I had never been in, until we were we were there. And and if you stand in the corner against the wall on one side, and someone stands directly opposite you on the, maybe about that far uh, in the back wall and stands, and they got the archway here, and somebody whispers a little message clear over there you hear it like they're sitting right next to you it's 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 an amazing thing i mean it's uh, i'm sure there's physics involved right there's there's got to be there's the whole archway and how sound travels and all the whatever but but you can literally just whisper right there and it's like they're right here and you turn around and they're clear over there because it travels through the and it's i was pretty impressed anyway i thought it was amazing That's what I was reminded of uh, when I was reading this book. Batterson says that there's a place like that in the the capital. He pastors in in Washington, D.C., and in in the U.S. Capitol. he says that there's a a place like that, And, and he calls it a whispering spot. Pretty good name, right? He draws the conclusion that we need to seek out whispering spots in our relationship with God. We need to seek out places, times, uh, when we get quiet, when we still the other voices in our lives so that we can hear the still, small voice of God as if he's right here in our ear, whispering. Although I've, uh, I've never been there, uh, they say that uh, there's, a, there's a bedroom in, um, in Epworth Rectory in, uh, in England which served as the home of John Wesley, the founder of uh, of the Methodist Church, and and they say in that in that uh, bedroom there are two worn pieces on the floor, uh, worn worn spots on the floor side by side, uh, and it's believed that that those spots are where Wesley would kneel and pray over and over and over again. And, and, and from what I, what I read, uh, those spots are still there. And if you take the tour, you can see that. And, and there's even a story of, uh, of uh, Billy Graham uh, actually uh, stepping, when he toured that, he stepped away from the group and he knelt in that same spot and he prayed to God just as Wesley had done uh, hundreds of years before. It was, in Batterson's terms, it was a whispering spot, a place where Wesley... Would get quiet and lean in and get close. Do you have whispering spots in your life? It might be a physical location like the, the the little spots on the floor in the Epworth rectory or or uh, it might be a certain room where you go or uh, a prayer closet of sorts uh, or uh, it might be a, a path in the woods where you quiet your heart it, it might be uh, uh, when you're on the go but you intentionally turn off the radio or or you uh, you you, tur- you uh, tune in to certain things that are going to stimulate your spiritual life and and you get dis- rid of the stress. maybe it's even while you're driving but you're you're focused on God instead of just the uh, the commute or you, you're intentionally praying, intentionally listening. It might be a, a certain time every day when you meet with God, when you quiet yourself, if you don't have any whispering spots. Maybe that's the natural first step in this, uh, this month that we're taking to, uh, to talk about God's, hearing God's voice. We have to be intentional about being still. We have to be intentional about listening. And, and then as we are... And as we quiet our hearts and as we tune into him, then we need to say the seven-word prayer, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. We have that desire to hear from God. We, we quiet ourselves so we can listen to him. I think there's still a, a, very, a very important key component in, in that seven-word prayer, and that is that Eli instructed Samuel to pray, Your servant is listening. There's a, there's a posture of obedience there, right? God will speak if we're willing to obey. God will speak if we're listening. God will speak if we're obeying. Samuel was, was not just listening uh, just to hear, okay, well, great, God, thanks, appreciate it. I've also got several other opinions, and I'll weigh that out, and we'll figure this out. Great, thank you, appreciate it. Uh, Samuel was willing to do whatever God said even before he knew what God was going to say I'm your servant, I'm going to do what you say I just need to know so I can do it I believe it's Andy Stanley who, uh, who said once that, that God doesn't give us direction for our consideration or our contemplation but for our participation that's a lot of shun words, I'm going to say it again uh, God doesn't give us his direction for our consideration or contemplation we're not just going to consider it but he gives us his direction for our participation. If we're just gathering opinions and then we'll make our own decision, then God probably isn't going to speak into that scenario. He's looking for servants, people who are ready to obey. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. There's a desire to hear from God. We're going to quiet ourselves so we can hear from God, and we're willing to do whatever he says. Samuel's willingness to do just that to pray that prayer, to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, it, it changed the trajectory of his life. The influencing factor of Samuel's life was no longer his, his own desires or his job description or even what Eli was going to tell him. Uh, Samuel was serving the Lord, and, and he would do what the Lord said, first and foremost. Later in the same chapter, we see that God blessed Samuel because of that posture of his life. First Samuel three nineteen and then uh, 21 and following. The Lord was with Samuel. Samuel, as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Isn't that cool? He let none of, because they were really God's words, right? Samuel listened to God. God spoke to Samuel. Samuel told the people, and none of the words fell to the ground or were insignificant because Samuel was listening and only doing what God wanted him to do. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word, and Samuel's word came to all Israel. Because Samuel prayed that seven-word prayer, it changed the trajectory of his life. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And I wonder if the same thing could happen for us. I wonder if if we prayed those seven words. I have nothing magical about that. It's just significant in, in, uh, in, if, if we desire to hear from God and if we listen, we're we listening for what he wants to say, and we're willing to do whatever He wants to say. I, I wonder what that could do for our lives. If, if you spent time each day in a, in a whispering spot, if you were still, if you prayed that prayer, I, I just wonder what God would do in your life, with your life. Over the next few weeks, like I said, we're going to... Talk specifically about some of the okay, so how do we really hear that? Is it it's not just this audible boom from uh from the heavens? Uh, how do we hear from that? And and so it, it involves scripture and and many times involves our desires, or open doors, or closed doors, or even dreams, it involves uh promptings that we might feel, or or, or people speaking into our lives, or even painful things that we go through. All of those things God communicates with and, and so many more. We're gonna look into that. But it starts, I believe, it starts. And the reason I started here, it starts with that desire to listen and a willingness to obey. God is speaking. He wants you to hear him, but he usually doesn't shout. He usually whispers. So my challenge for you, your homework this week, is to lean in, to Find a whispering spot to spend time getting quiet and getting close to pray, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Father, we do desire your word in our lives. We, we're just going to bumble around and make a mess of things if we're just doing what we want to do. We see that over and over again, not just in our lives, but, but through history and, and through Scripture. When, when people listened to you, it wasn't always easy, it wasn't always uh, a, a walk in the park, but it was always right, and it brought about the best. But when people didn't listen to you, things were a mess. Lord, I don't care if people think that we're, we're mentally ill, saying that we might be able to hear the voice of God. I believe that it's, it's uh, vital and foundational to what you tell us in Scripture that you are speaking, and you want your people to hear. And so, Lord, I pray that over the next few days, that, that, that you would help us to find those places, those times to get quiet, that we can begin to, to, uh, to discipline ourselves, to, to lean in, to, to get close, to strain to hear what you are saying. Lord, I pray that our deep desire, even more than hearing what you're saying, I pray that our deep desire would be that we can know you more, that we can be uh, have that intimate relationship with you, that, that as we lean in and get quiet and get close, we don't just hear information, but that we get to know the voice of God. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you aren't just up in heaven watching but that you are actively involved in our lives and you desire what's best for us. And so I pray that as we go from here, that you would guide and direct our lives and that you could draw us closer and closer to you. Transform us and change us by your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.